and welcome everybody to What the Hops. Brian and Adam, and we're at West Shore Brewing Company out in Clarence, and we have a few guests. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves? Um, Joe from Vertical Vines. Brian from Vertical Vines. What the Hops is talking hops, I guess. You yeah. Know, but what better yeah, way to we what better way to spend a Saturday before things St. Patrick's Day? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you tell us what Vertical Vines is? first so tell, tell the world <laughs> we are probably the biggest one of the biggest in new york one of the biggest definitely in western new york hop farm you guys are based out of what lockport lockport yes yeah bridge room cool yeah um for those who don't know lockport is basically north of buffalo kind of like 15 minutes yeah pretty much everywhere is 15 minutes <laughs> yeah generally right? like it's, right? absolutely yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, yeah, it's about north, it's like, like north, yeah. northeast, maybe. Yeah. Northern border, like Erie, Niagara County, yep. kind of. Just follow the canal, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. Just don't drink the water. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, can you guys tell me maybe a little bit about your acreage, like you know how much you have, and what kind of style of hops you have? You know, kind of give us a little. Yeah. So we have uh, currently we have twelve acres. We have Centennial, Chinook, Cascade, Michigan. County. Um, we have the potential to grow another 80 acres that we own and um, the kinds that we are growing we are starting to get with the local brewers of what they're interested in and and go from there so we don't flood the market of having too much cascade and that's not what they want yeah. Well, what's nice is having a uh, local hop farm means that farm breweries in the area are able to take advantage of even more local product. So uh, you get breweries like West Shore, who's a registered farm brewery. You get breweries like Rusty Nickel that can go to you guys and just pay, be like, hey, we need this, we need this. And you guys are like, here you go. Yeah, kind of like the world is <laughs> yeah. an oyster. You know, they can kind of come to you and... They don't need to go searching for it because they got it right in their own backyard now at this point. So Yeah, an amazing event was uh, held last year by the University of Buffalo. They okay. Farm to Table. And they actually had our hops. They actually went to local breweries that had our hops in it. And they made um, dishes, desserts, dinners with hops, with, with uh, a beer extract, and they made everything. Sure. And they did that to their uh, university, the, the students there. Okay. And they did that, and it was an absolute, like, it was great. Huh. I actually won uh, Buffalo's Best Pierogi Contest back in... 2016. Yeah, I think it was 2016 with my IPA braised chicken pierogi that was stuffed in a dough with actual Cascade hops in the dough. That ended up... It was was an interesting flavor combination. I was like, I'm like, like, what am I going to do with this? And I'm like, you know what? Someone give me some hops, man. (laughs) You called it like what, hopped up chicken or something like that? And that's what they did there. They had breads and they had uh, dips and they had everything all from our farm. Um, from the hops that we made with local brewers that had made the recipes. Sure. And it was just, the stuff was just crazy. It was, that's it was that's really pretty good. cool to see how, you know, how a hop, you know, you probably hear it with beer. The fact that it can actually go into food and, you know, desserts and, and different types of food to kind of contribute some sort of flavor profile. Well, I mean, um, have you ever actually ate a raw hop? Just like, take a hop and just ate it? No. It's disgusting. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. It's not a nice thing, actually. Yeah, don't. Yeah, definitely don't. Depends on what time of the night like, you do it. How many beers you've had. Right. That, that, yeah, definitely we've, we've definitely We've definitely done it in some brewing <laughs> brewing nights where it's like uh, Eric and I are sitting around and it's just like looking at it and just kind of looking and just like, like popping in the mouth. Oh, so you're talking the pillow times. No, no, not even. No, I'm not even going to go with the pellet because I, I can only imagine how that's going to be. 
Like straight cone, he's just straight cone. Yeah. You're like looking at it, it's like, oh, this looks kind of nice. I wonder what it tastes like. Yeah. The first year I was on the farm, I did that because it smells so good, especially when you open it. Yeah. It's just the aroma. It's like, oh, it tastes as good as it smells. It does not translate. They're very, very deceiving. How was um, how was the scene down at uh, at Amazing. Yeah. We got there actually. We uh, we got there. We took some seats to people that uh, apparently had seats that um, were inherited to them. But seeing oh. that we were there before they even got there, before eight o'clock, and helped them, uh, you know, move the tables sure. and everything else that we do, um, we got those seats. So nice. It was funny. We ended up. Uh, Getting a free extra few shots to trade go. seats. So yeah, there you go. It worked out well. Yeah, <laughs> it worked out. Well. It's good, good barter trade-off system going well. on there. I'm sure. I'm sure the Jameson was running pretty heavy down in the first board today. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Jameson Bailey's. It's you know. an amazing area. Um, pressure drop is down there. Um, they started buying our hops as well. Um, those two breweries down there are really into supporting local farms. Um, as long as the local farms don't understand that there's a price point that has to be met. Sure. You know, same with here. And uh, Josh has been amazing to work with. And I think that's the biggest thing is really having them understand and working with the breweries of what they want, the price points they want, and um, going from there. Yeah. And Carl's probably getting some fun stuff from you too because he likes brewing a lot of that West Coast style beer anyhow. So uh, a, a place like you guys is probably perfect for him. Yeah, absolutely. To just take advantage of. So, I mean, like some of the some of the styles that he's brewing, he's not kind of bucking with the trend of all the New England, all your juicy citrus hops that you know you're seeing the last year and a half. Where he wants to brew the West Coast style, like the Dank Sinatra that came out like six months ago or whatever. Well, even I mean, Sticky Trees won bronze at the New York State Brewers Competition, and that's a West Coast style IPA that it gets mixed reviews locally but I enjoy it yeah I think you know it's great. I mean it's it's a, it's a nice little ode to what IPAs generally are thought of it takes you back to when you first started kind of getting on the scene from a craft beer perspective right and that's, and that's the thing I think a lot of breweries and uh, they have to, and brewers have to go towards what the patrons want yeah what's and hot right now be the typical like if someone started with uh, the Trappist or the Monks or or the or that and that's too much for what will sell it might be the the true beers and the reason they went to school everything like that and why they wanted to learn it but it's not what's pushing the market right now people aren't really going into breweries looking for that necessarily I mean you're going to get a percentage that will but everybody's coming and looking for the hot flavors right now everybody wants it's like hey what do you have that has Galaxy in it? What do you have that has Simple in it? What do you have that has Mosaic in it? You know, they're all looking for these flavors that, like, you know, breweries like Other Half are using a lot of and, you know, all the time. Like, I mean, Thin Man brews similar beers like that as well. I mean, you look and it's like, okay, it's going to have one of these three hops in it. <laughs> and someone's going to end up looking and be like, oh, I know I like that because I like this beer that has it and this beer that has it. So that's what they tend to gravitate. Yeah, and one of my favorite things that a lot of local breweries are doing um, is not putting what hops are in the beer because if they put in something that's not viewed as the hot hop or uh, the up and coming or whatever and people try it and they like it they actually do really sell a lot more than what they actually will say is really sure you know if you like just really are going there for the real taste and like you know it's an art a brewer you know a brewer comes up with these recipes and it's an art and they make a great beer they shouldn't be punished for saying that, like XYZ is not in it and this and that and, it, and it's starting to come that way but I think it'll come back where people just want a good tasting beer and they don't care what it is yeah. they just want something that they can go there for sure 
like everything in like everything in life, beer is cyclical too, you know. So eventually, what's hot won't be, and what isn't Absolutely. will be. You know, it's just it's just how life works. And you know, hey, maybe maybe in two years, brown ales will be hot again, and I'll I'll be standing there, I'll be super excited about it. Because, like mine is you know, mine is like the black what is it, black IPA black what is the new terminology for oh the Cascadian dark yeah, ales like yeah. the, that's my go to like. And if I were to have that, like I'd be happier than picking shit. But you don't really see a ton of those out yeah. there. Like I know Josh did one with twelve gates. Uh, Rusty know. Nickel just released one. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah, so, like, like, they just but released that's like, one. You know, you don't see like that style out there. And that's the it's, hardest thing that people don't understand for the hop brewer, like or hop brewer, um, is it takes us a few years to establish certain hops. So we can't switch uh, on a dime like they do, or they can get them from the West Coast, but if they get them from the West Coast or get them and they're importing them and using them, they're not supporting local, where we can't switch. We can't rip up our crops. So we can only rip up so many so fast. Sure. And a lot of people don't want to commit. So if you commit to the the real ones of what's all started this whole craft beer I guess like side like everyone like the hot items is that's what will get you there but they can't get them from here locally so that's the hard part so what kind of got you guys into the whole hop farming or just craft beer in general like what really for us uh, it was uh, for me it was pure accident Um, what happened was about seven years ago before there were any breweries all all popping up like this um, every Sunday we met um, there's about seven buddies of mine met every Sunday for um, football and each one brought a different craft beer we had to buy something different from the local store and we did so we started growing hops out in my one friend's backyard it had a half an acre and they grew amazing but we just liked how they looked how they everything about them sure well then when we actually wanted to um dried them we did everything else we we're gonna make our own beer my friend's uh, girlfriend at the time burnt his whole kitchen down in the whole house oh my god so we had no idea what to do with these hops and we had tons of hops so I went to work at General Motors and said hey you know I got these hops what should I do with them? and everyone starts saying you're gonna give them free <laughs> sure like I didn't know what to do with them so I look and there's a shortage of hops after I read about it this is seven years ago before the so I said, you know what? Why don't I plant some more and do this? And that's exactly how the whole thing started up. So we were way ahead of the game um, before anyone. And the first person, and I have to give a lot of credit to, was the New York Beer Project. Um, they were breaking ground as we were breaking ground at a bigger field where I had the 30 acres. They came and helped, and I was helping them. And um, we just started growing together. And, it, and we kept it that way of a, like a partnership and I wanted to help local as they were helping me local but it was all by accident if, if she probably didn't burn down that kitchen I would have never known there was a shortage of hops I mean our plan was just to brew uh, little batches and have fun on a Sunday yeah. and then all of a sudden I was like there's an industry that needs these like I had no idea like no idea sure I mean, you kind of found your niche where, you know, like, and that's, it seems like, you know, in the business world, like, that's how things happen. Like, something goes wrong or, you know, you just kind of, like, fall backwards into it. And then the rest is history, you know, and, and now you're supporting local businesses who are, you know, brewing this beer and trying to put out the best product that they can. And you're working with them to give them what they want, to give it to the patrons that, that want to enjoy. And stuff. So, you know, that, that's awesome to hear that kind of backstory from, from you about how you ended up kind of helping support, you know, the, the craft boom in Buffalo. I mean, there's what, 35, 36, it seems like every day it's it's popping up to Rover. I mean, Western New York now probably has, I mean, if you go out to even, say, Batavia now at this point, you're looking at probably close to 40 breweries in that general area, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, 
and, and a lot of them don't. Um, New York State is trying to um, get so many hop farmers and so many other local malt growers to get on this uh, side up, and they would actually have stickers in the windows and this and that of who supports real local sure. stuff, which is really helping because um, Josh from here actually came down did a a wet hop, and he actually was putting the hops through the pellet, uh, through the harvester, oh, cool. and harvested his own stuff, and we want to get other breweries and stuff involved, and like, we can have festivals, and... I feel like I would want to do that, like, if I'm, like, going to get, especially if I'm, like, fun. doing that, like, I'm like, dude, yeah, like, it seems like it would just be a good time, just going to be like, it's dirty, I want to kind of help out with the process. It was, you know, he showed up, and I said, you want hops, and he's like, sure, like, there's your hops. Yeah. Like, I'm sure. I'm so sure there's a keg sitting somewhere in, right. in the field, being like, "Oh, who wants a beer? Let's do this." Kind of exactly. Thing. Everyone's having fun. He's like, "Hey, those are yours. What do you want to make of them?" So he's running the harvester by himself. He has no idea what he's doing. But of course it's like, not. No. It, 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 it's just great. It brings everyone together, and like, then we want to go see it. So you have all the people that are harvesting, and all these other people. And now, when's your when's your beer ready? Right? Oh, it's gonna be ready in a few weeks. All right, we'll be there. Right. And then we want to go taste it. And we bring 30, 40 people there. Sure. And you have a launch, and it's like support. And it's like just because he came down to do an hour's worth of work. Yeah. Well, so it'd be cool to have a festival at a hop bar. You know, just the kind of scene. You know, Ryan was showing us some pictures on his phone of like, you know, the, the farm itself. It's you know just some of the some of the pictures. It's just like holy shit. Like, okay, yeah. Great to just. That's our goal. That's you know, our goal. Like is a to... summertime. You know, a nice night. Absolutely. You know, evening kind of thing, and just. You're in the hop farm and just all the aromas. And, and that's what that's our goal is like we want to get a lot of the hop like their local breweries to come down, have a tasting at a certain time in July when all the hops are grown up, have the public come down because they stop all the time and ask what we're doing because they think that the poles we we're building pole barns or what these big buildings were coming like, no, sure. these are actually plants and they stop all the time and um have them have tastings. We want to have all the local brewers come and have tastings out at our place but the public as well and drive them around the hop farm and show them how hard it is to like bring right from the get-go to the end product sure these this is what everyone has to go through like you know and you're supporting everyone of all this hard work not just you know like things just i think they think really it's just like going to crack a beer at the the local store and it's it's a lot more that goes into it and i think if they see it and how it grows from the, the first part of when you plan a hop to get to the brewery and then all the work that they do right. and they have tours to now you're sipping it and I think it'll get a lot more people excited about what they're seeing yeah I mean I think like, yeah definitely I, hey, I would be all about going if going to a hop farm and doing a tour like that man I mean I can imagine why why anybody wouldn't want to do that I would think like even from like a festival standpoint you know you had like 15 breweries come up and they bring like their flagship beer you have Randall set up at each station and then you're getting fresh picked hops from the farm that they run through the Randall with certain like ingredients and like you get a whole different where, where are you getting all these Randalls bro you pull a hop you put you know crush it in your hand and smell it and then I can go over and say here try this beer do you smell this they smell their hand they actually try the beer and they smell that IPA like it's there right like that's what created this sure and they can see it it'd, right. it'd be really cool yeah like, you know it's like you know, it's it's neat yeah so how is the climate here for really kind of growing I guess hops in general like obviously we can't get certain hops that you would be able to grow down like in uh, you know warmer areas of California or even like Australia or something like that. I was talking to a hop farm out in Michigan when I was at Extreme Beer Fest Uh, they were there doing you know like kind of promoting and doing whatever that they were doing and it's just it's crazy to think that you can grow cascade here they can grow cascade there and it's going to be two different hops just in general because of what the soil the soil. Wa- water whatever it might be yeah, all and like thinking about it in that sense why don't you get some hops from like 
Michigan, some hops from you guys, brew the same exact batch other than the hops and just see what the difference is. Right. You know, like I'd always, I'd, I'm always kind of curious about something like that. Yeah, and I thought that like when I first started, uh, we started that as just novices and put tons in for uh, Sunday football, you know, and we grew some that were like amazing and the cones were tons of cones and this and that and then we like have them tested and they were terrible it's like well I can grow anything that I think you grow out west, but the quality isn't as good, okay. and that's the issue. So okay. on the ridge of Ridge Road, we're we're on the same latitude as Germany, um, so we can grow some of the best hops in the world. Like this was the best hop climate, the hop region in the world. Yeah. The reason it stopped was prohibition and disease. Once that hit, at the same time, everyone went to apple orchards and everything else in the area. It, they would have figured that out then. We'd probably still be the best area in the world. Sure. Um, there's even a museum in Cooperstown about it. They can't compare it to what we have here. So anything on the same latitude and everything else, I can grow the same as Same here. You don't really think so, about that. That's that's actually really yeah. That's, that's a really point. cool fact. I don't. Really, I never really actually thought about it in that sense. Yeah. Because you don't. And I mean, you got to figure some of those. German hops right now, they're actually getting pretty popular again, too, so, yeah. I mean, it's, like I said, it's cyclical, man, everything. Yeah. It is, and I can grow, like, so, I went to, uh, so everyone's, like, digging a citra, and this and that, so, about four years ago, five years ago, when we started the farm, I went to a place that actually sells the rhizomes and everything else and clean plants. What they were doing back then, because uh, it's different from food or if you own a business or this or that. Um, when you have a hop, it's, you have to say what you made from that. So here's the two that made citra. Someone else can put those two together and you can call anything else. There's not a copyright on that. So I can like put it in and say, hey, Adam and Joe created this. And now it's Adam and Joe's hops. And we're going to call it whatever we want. But this next citra might be Michigan Cabin. So they came up with this. And it takes years to to propagate them and to come up with that. But you can do anything. So there's a lot of places that make those now that are seeing what is good on the East Coast that we can make compared to the West Coast that's better. And that's how they're starting to like, we want to do that. And I want to get local breweries to say, what do you want? Like, and we'll make you guys special compared to the average brewery. Sure. And that's what we're trying to do. It's a lot of science. More science than I thought. I thought it was a lot of work. Yeah. Um, I should drive around living in Lockport saying, man, they had the world. Yes, you know, they work like five months of the year. Dude, I wanted to be fine. And then you become one and you're like, holy shit. This is 365 they were, and 24-7. Yeah, like, it's raining now. It's... It's this, it's that, it's, I gotta go to work again. Like, it, it humbles you really quick of, uh, of a farmer and how you want to support local. Like, after that experience and everything, it's like, I only want to, like, go to, like, the local farmer's market and this and that and everything else because they, you, you just don't, you're not experienced to that growing up. And once you see it and you experience it and you're like, man, those like local farmers that do way more than we do for food or whatever, it's like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Just the weather alone is crazy. <laughs> a couple years ago when we had a very rainy summer, it's completely different how you maintain the farm and do everything compared to hot, dry summer like last summer. You know, just every aspect is different. Just weather-based, soil-based, everything. Yeah. Yeah, and the next week we have bugs coming in to um, eat other predators that will eat the hops. And you have to, the science behind it, and you're constantly doing science. Yeah, Ryan was talking before we started kind of launching the recording about the, the with the bugs. You're saying, like, the, the certain, you know, instrument that you had that you were kind of, you would go down in the rows and... 
analyze the, the leaves to see if anything's actually like, you know, budding to see where if even insects were kind of like populating and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's pretty much like a handheld microscope and you would look on the bottom of the leaves to see if there's any bugs and you know if there are first you gotta know what kind of bugs they are. You don't know if they're harmful, helpful, all that. So it's research going into see, you know, see what kind of bug it is, looking at what kind of you know bug it is. But it's, and you can't just do it in one spot in the farm. You have to go to a bunch of different spots. So it's pretty time consuming. That you know, it just takes a time. Sure, it's super fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I really enjoy it. Yeah. And if you if you miss them, they will actually eat a foot a day of your of your crop. Really? Yeah, so you might go out there and you're like, oh, I think we're okay, and you go back the next day and there's a foot higher that's brown, and, you know, if you miss that, you just, I mean, you figure 12 acres and all the hops and the yeah. they're selling, and they just ate a foot, and they grow a foot a day. And that's straight money right there that they're eating. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like, from everywhere, from uh, European corn borers to uh, moths that come over, and uh, Cornell is really good letting us know if there's a, a moth like batch that comes out or whatever and they're gonna like pour into the cold like everything from corn to everything and it's the, the, the bugs that can come there's one in pennsylvania right now that uh, they're keeping a close eye on about shifting up here so to get all the updates from cornell and to see just how much local farmers really do help each other. I mean, it, you know, everyone talks about how Buffalonians, you know, come together in the weather. To see local farmers do that all the time is you know, really special. Yeah. That's, that's a, it seems like it's like a close-knit community. Like I've said it on multiple podcasts. It's, where a, I think it's like, a li- well, it's your, it's your livelihood. I mean, when you're farming and stuff, I mean, if something's eating your crops or some, something's in coming t- to the area, it's, that's going to danger your livelihood. I mean... <laughs> of course, you got it. You're gonna you're gonna let everybody know. And be like, hey, we got to stop this before it gets here. You know. Well, it's like from the business world. So, like, if you had another business that was kind of impede on your market share, you know, you know that that's something that you have to kind of try to fend off, or you have to, you know, differentiate yourself from from them from a product line or whatever. Like farmers, it's kind of the same thing, but in a different realm where you're trying to combat some sort of insect or some sort of force that's going to put harm on you to produce your product to get it out to the people that are going to then use it to produce what they need to produce so it's like absolutely you know you're you're in the same you know the same you know swim lane or you're in the same realm but you're just combating against nature where you're trying to bring in you know allow insects that will help you know, flourish your, your crop versus combating and identifying either current, you know, insects or, or new species that are coming in to potentially, you know, wipe out what you have. You know? yeah. So it's, I mean, the fact that you're able to work with Cornell, like that's, you know, when Ivy League school that, you know, you're able to get on the phone with them or you have somebody come out to the farm and inspect your, your, your crop and be like, okay, well, you need to look out for this. You know, this is, this is coming down the road. And, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome to, to have that sort of connection with, with individuals from, from that, you know, institution. You know, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, this is our first year, um, this upcoming summer, uh, didn't tell you yet, Ryan, so surprise. <laughs> Um, we actually have students come from the horticulture department from NCCC, and they're really excited. They want to. They're doing their internships at the farm now, Great. and they do like the testings, the soils, the everything. And it's like giving them the experience too. Like they're going for a degree for this, and they want to get involved. And that's awesome. We're gonna help them as well. Great. So it's it's, it's a real world experience. They have to put in, and that's supposed to be free through uh, NCCC. Great. But we actually. Pay them as well. Like, that's awesome. Pay them because yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's like they're doing more of a service to me. Yeah, you know they, they they're there for a purpose. They want to be there, so we're helping them as well. I mean, you, you think college student, you know, 
it's almost like a part-time gig in a way where they need money to get out for gas or they got to go when they want to I mean, hey, spend a Saturday night, you know? Yeah. Finding <laughs> finding an internship is hard enough. I mean, finding a paid one. I mean, hell, yeah. man. Right. You, happen, you get into something like that. I, you know, I've been through the, what is it, but <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's hard work out there when it's 90 degrees or then all of a sudden the next day it's 60 degrees and pouring on you, but you better yeah. be out there. So, yeah, um, yeah we want to work with the NCCC and they're, they're really excited Great. to do that. How many um, how many harvests a season do you think you you normally get? How many one. picks? Just one, just one straight yeah. pick. And that's We'd love it. to do more, but it's so much work for the one. <laughs> okay. That we can't. It's it's really labor intensive from maybe the first week of April, end of March, April. We have to string everything, get everything ready. Then we can um, do the rest, and then it's harvest time, and it's really labor intensive. You don't need um, a lot of people, but for the first part, for 12 acres, we might need 20 people for five days straight. It's hard to find the people that'll come out to do that and then not have a job, right, for the next eight months. You know, so it's really hard where you're depending on friends and family or maybe local breweries that might want some for free or or their help or this or that or whatever, but it... um, it's, it's, it's a really like little structured time where a few people can handle the farm, but can't handle the beginning of the year. That's, that's the hardest part. Okay. So like your, your final pick then is probably like September? Yeah, late August, September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty much the growing season? Yeah, we might have 20,000 pounds, 30,000 pounds to do. Okay. Um, that's what we're looking at this year after the fourth year. And then you have to dry them and then have them pelletized and everything else. So yes. it's a process that you can't, if you over dry them, they, they're gone. So yeah. you have to watch that. You have to do everything. What's your percentage of, of pelletizing to like what happened? Maybe pelletized 98%. A lot of people don't like the wet hop. If they come, it's very small. They have to do the batches right then. A lot of breweries might not be ready for it. Um, and some don't reach out. Like Josh was awesome. Uh, Beer Project was awesome. A couple others was awesome. Say, hey, we'll come down when you're pellet. We want them. Yeah. We'll come get them and do the work for them. And that was awesome. Um, but it's it's a different taste. I'm not into it. Like it's great maybe the first week, <laughs> and they change. Like what, yeah, once hop. it once it starts losing its luster a little bit, it does. Bit, it, it changes. It. Sometimes you know it's just it just changes. But it's a, it's amazing. Like beer, if you drink drink it the first few weeks, it's good. But if it sits, yeah. you know what happens? It just changes the taste. If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Attention, fellow beer geeks. Check out Drinkin' Geek Out, the podcast where we drink beer and geek out. The show is half geek chat and half beer reviews, typically reviewing one in-beer, a beer from Indiana, an out-beer, a beer from somewhere else, and a strange brew, which is a mystery brew where we try to guess the unique flavor. We also do many episodes that we call light episodes, where we can really geek out on a specific topic and review a beer that is somehow related. Check us out on all the podcast apps or on social media, at DrinkInGeekOut. Speaking of beer, we haven't actually even talked about beers that we're drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, I'm finishing up the uh, dry Irish stout over here. It is a uh, 5.5 ABV, 25 IBU, and I figure since it's St. Patrick's Day weekend, you gotta go for the Irish stout, you know? Have to. Yeah. You know, when I, so. I was here, usually work behind the bar on Sunday mornings, and um, you know, Josh was really happy with the outcome of it. He thinks that it was a little sweeter for his taste, um, but I mean, I have it as well. It's about my second one, so it's, um, it's I mean, pretty it's tasty. A, it's got a sweetness to it, but um, yeah. it generally, is it's got that bitterness too, though. I mean, it's, yeah. no, I think it's, it's great. It, it's roasty enough. I mean, it's it's pretty smooth. I mean, yeah, I can I could drink a couple of these easily. Yeah, I think he goes for that. Like he um, gets the traditional, I would say, craft beer drinker, and then the 
non-traditional crowd. They want to say they are, but they might not be, but he has them here for them. And, uh, like, more people, I think, need to come out and experience. It might be a little bit farther, but it's an experience that they need to come out and see and, like, experience the brewery out here as well. That's, I mean, I've had a couple people the last couple weekends that I've been here, and I would say, like, 75% is, like, their first time. You know, and that's great, you know, because words, you know, words spreading, you know, they're, they're coming out here and they're, they're, they're giving it a chance, they're giving it a look. Um, there was a couple here that pretty much said they, they like this kind of, you know, feel of the, you know, the atmosphere, the ambiance. It's more kind of close-knit. It, it's kind of, you know, intimate where, you know, if Josh was behind the bar, you could actually talk to him. He's the head brewer. He could tell you the process, and, you know, what, you know, what made this beer that they're drinking, you know, versus me, like, you know, I kind of know a little bit about it, but not a ton, so I try to, you know, try to gravitate people towards the style that they want, you know, so it, it's kind of, you know, they're like, you know, this couple loved it because they're like, I like this kind of feel more than the, the bigger box, you know, the, the breweries that have kind of expanded the point where it's, you know, it's just this huge space with a ton of people that have flocked to it, and, you know, it, they, they made it because, you know, they... they they started out probably small, and now they've become a you know a, a yeah. mainstay in the industry. So, you know, kudos to them. But they kind of lost that that feel of like you could talk to. Yeah, I don't think people have the patience of that. Like, and we try to like when I bring people here, it's like, do you want the guy to stand? You know, he'll sit he'll sit there and talk twenty minutes, and he's going to tell you he'll find the beer you like, and otherwise you can go somewhere else and like, yeah, they'll give you like little tasters, but there's nothing behind it, there's no essence behind anything, like, where you'll have passionate people that's like saying, this is why we do this, and this is why we do that, and you have to be patient at breweries, and I don't think a lot of the people that go to them, they're um, so impatient, they just want a drink, and it's like, that's not what you're there for, like, you're there for the experience, and why they came up with those recipes and these guys are proud of what they came up with like you know like they want to tell you why they came up with it and what their thoughts were behind it and what the taste should be and you know and it, it changed your palate of like they tell you why what, what, what do you taste first and and they teach you and you go to other places and you're like oh well that isn't like what i've been learning to taste or this or that and, and it makes you a better beer connoisseur, I guess you should say. You right, know? and even like, I think the novice, that person that they're drinking all the, you know, the Miller Lights, and, you know, you try to get somebody in here that's never really tried craft beer, and you, you give them some sort of flagship, you know, ale or wheat or pills to kind of introduce them to you know, the world of craft beer and what it has to offer and, and how much, you know, better tasting it could mm -hmm. potentially be than something that's kind of watered down. And yeah, it's an acquired taste. And you start teaching them that and why, and they, I think a lot of people gravitate to it. Sure. I mean, that's the way I came up. I was a jack drinker. <laughs> yeah. You know, smart and had jack. Never would drink a beer. You would never drink a beer. Like, why are you on a hot fire? Why do you right. want to do this? Right. But, you know, being on a hot fire, you know, supporting local breweries. You know, and like you said, the bartenders, the brewers taking the time to explain things, to go over everything, and, you know, made me realize I like a hot beer flavored beer. Yeah. You know, so I stick more with the IPAs and stuff sure. like that. And, you know, then, you know, a lot of stouts. But, you know, just having the brewers and the bartenders take the time to, you know, to show you, you know, what's in it, you know, why they do it like that. It's, right. You know, it gets you to understand what you're going to like. So I think, you know, maybe some novices are going to, you know, a, a brewery that has maybe 20 tap lines. And, you know, half, it's of, overwhelming. half of them are yeah, either dedicated absolutely. to IPAs or half of them are sours and, you know, intricate, you know, a ton of, you know, blood, sweat, and tears that went into this beer that they want, you know, they want the craft, you know, connoisseur to enjoy. And they're not, you know, kind of targeting their market to someone who's really kind of starting into that world where, you know, you got to kind of seem to allocate some of your, your you know, source to someone who really doesn't know what they're getting into. You know, like a, you know, something that's easy drinking to kind of 
introduce them to taste the hops. And, you know, you know, we're so close to the Great Lakes that that's our main source. Like the water, I feel, is the key ingredient to why our beer is so good. Um, so, you know, the fact that all these variables come into play, but you want to help not only the, the top-level beer drinker enjoy your beer, but you also want to get that for a person who is a Bud Light or Miller Light drinker to, to kind of start them on the path to enjoy this stuff. You know, that's, yeah, that's our biggest thing. I bring a lot of friends to the thing and they say, why do I want to spend, I can go get anywhere and get a $2 beer or $3 beer. Why, why do I want to spend $6? Why do I want to spend $5? Supporting local. To them, it's... Why am I wasting money? Right. And we're like, no, it's not you're wasting money. It's this. And here's what goes into it. And here's this. And you teach them. And then they really, they really get into the, it's, I think everything is an experience. Yeah. Like I can go pick oh, up. It's a, a matter, it's a matter of like, why do you go to Paula's Donuts? Why don't you just go to Tim Hortons, buy the exact same donut? Right. Why? Because you know that that's a local place that's doing it a lot better than a chain, you know, exactly. or whatever, you know, like, I mean, exactly. what, what, would you, what would you rather eat, you know? Yeah, you go to the cashier and they want to talk to you and they yeah. want to do this and it's like, you know what, I'm going to go there just because of that experience. Right, it's that attention to detail, it's the, the amount of time that they put in to put out, uh, you know, it's that, that quality over quantity. Exactly. Like, I can go to the local store and pick up a 30 rack of uh, Bush or Keystone. Like, I'm not going to yeah. do that. <laughs> why, 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 why is Bush the first I, I don't know. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Or Jenny Cream Ale. You know, like, when have we ever drank Bush that you would think of Bush as? Isn't it like now like a 28 pack or something? Right. For some reason, I don't know. It's like the weight one or something. I don't know how they changed it, but... But, I mean, like, price point. You know, you, you come here to West Shore, and everything's, like, five bucks. You know, and his IPAs are six. You know, you, you go to other establishments, and depending upon the style of beer and, you know, the amount of ingredients or how much it made that, you know, cost them to, to gather ingredients, and maybe the markup's a little bit more. You know, so you come out here, and the beer's good. And it's it's reasonably priced, and it's a and it's a good time, and you have that intimate feel. I mean, you know, when each establishment has their own way of business, and that's fine, but I, I think it works for Josh out here, you know? Getting, getting into these smaller breweries is the main thing, is just getting people into the door, and people like Josh will do the rest. He'll sell you on all this and he'll let you know that what you're drinking is his heart and soul. And that's what it really is all about. You know, I mean, you go into here, you go into Rusty Nickel, you go into like Buffalo Brewing Company even. I mean, John's there behind the bar doing his thing. I right. mean, you go to Rusty Nickel, while they're, they're all there, the brewers are doing their thing too. I mean, they're, they're supporting their hard work. And... They're supporting your guys' hard work too, as right. they're with your product in their beer as well. So, yeah, and that's, and that's the difference between a lot of breweries here and what we support. Um, we work other jobs, right? We're engineering jobs, and we bring people from that come in that are from all over the country, from Mexico. We bring them here, yeah. and we want to bring them here because they we'll get back to us. And there's a lot of local breweries that we text and we get back and what do you like with this and what do you like with that? But they're really engaged. They're like us. They make mistakes and they're going to try this recipe that might not go over that great. But they're trying new ones. And they're going to keep trying those new ones until they get that perfect beer that people want. And everyone likes different styles, but they can't have 40 different beers to please everyone, you know, and you have to see why they're doing that and stuff like that. And I don't think a lot of people understand that when they go out. That's, that's I think, the hardest part of a true brewery is to stay true to themselves instead of just... So what people are wanting. Well, and that's all it really takes, too, is that one beer that will get people coming in. Uh, look at, I mean, Old First Ward brewing uh, Smash Tag. That right there, all of a sudden, like, if you've been going to McCarthy, you've been going Old First Ward, you know they have great beers. I mean, their Hefeweizen is one of my favorite beers in the city. And... Like you, you get your locals, you get whatever, and nobody really kind of would name them as. It's like, oh, are you top five brewery in the city? 
they weren't really in that talk. And then all of a sudden, Brian releases one beer, and all of a sudden everybody's like, "Oh shit, this brewery is great," you know? Like, and you're just like, "Okay." Yeah, like people people are going, and he's selling out of a batch within like two days, and it's just like, "All right, keep doing this," you know? And it's bringing people in the door, and it's getting people drinking the other beers too, because it's like, well. Okay, you're out of that, but let me try this instead. It's like, okay, this is actually pretty good, you know. Exactly. So, but then it's on, you know, like you said before. Like, I feel like it's it's definitely an art form because okay, you made this great beer. Okay, it it you know lined out the door. It it flew out the shelves like that. How do I do it again with the same ingredients? But my my water level was just a little bit off. My temperature was a little bit more. You know, the hop that I had, it was a bad growing season, and it just had a different taste. Or you know, the malt that I had wasn't as roasted. Or you know, like it's just it's so crazy the amount of science and art into this industry. You know, the amount of time it takes to perfect something. It comes down to that person, that brewer that has that you know science you know knowledge but it has the art form to you know put his take on it and, and put something out the door it, it's crazy you know because like the second smash tag we hit right, was a little off and then the third one that came out was was back on par with the first one yeah you know, it's, just, it's always like a yeah different. and that's what we try to teach like so us being such a big farm a lot of hot farmers are coming to us and say hey we're, what do you want to do for the and, the and the first thing is in so why are you growing hops like what are you trying to get out of this? Like, you're not gonna, it's not a get rich scheme because New York wants to do this. <laughs> beer, beer is not where the money is. <laughs> right. You know, if you talk to anyone, hey, it's well, we not. got an acre, we got two acres, and I said, that's not gonna cut it. Because how many, you know, oh, we're growing five different kinds, and I said, no, it's not what the brewers want, they want consistency. So we have enough of 12 acres that I can sell all year to what they need all year. So it's the same kind all year. We have them tested. We have the oils. We have this. Where these other guys want to show up and they want to give them an acre and they're mad. And they, the hot farmers will go out of business after a couple of years because they only have an acre. So it's not what... And that's kind of a good question too. Like between harvests, how uh, much of a difference do you see within the same hop? Like say you're, you harvested Cascade last year will it be different like will the hop be the exact same hop that you got or will there be some kind of difference in that they stay really close if you monitor like the soils and give them the nutrients they need and stuff like that and that's what helps us with our product so, like everyone knows we're getting we have them fully tested the oils so the breweries know what they're getting when they okay. get it and that's the biggest thing is they have to know what they're getting yeah because if you change if, that yeah, if you give them you give them something it's like well yeah this is Cascade but it's a bit different and all of a sudden that beer that they're using it is completely yeah. different than what they wanted the, hot, the, the smash <laughs> whatever, and, like, yeah. and then the next year so something changed right, right. what, what is, was it yeah something changed like, did he do something different or was an ingredient different exactly and that's where you can you can come out and say no you know we like, well we know it wasn't us here's, our, here's <laughs> you know. the alphas and the betas here's yeah. the oils here's everything this is pretty close and they can adjust their recipe from it okay but we have you have to do that and you have to give them consistency and enough that they can make like my goal is to whatever brewery i go to they can do all year yeah, and that's why I said the science. Full year. The science behind it is huge because depending on what the weather is, you want to keep the consistency the same. Right, because you were saying earlier, Ryan, that like the one season was you know a very rainy summer. Yeah. You know, and then and then. So how the much of a year, difference does that make? Right. So like, do, do you guys prefer it to be rainy or not? <laughs> yeah. What's the what's the what's the Best is a little bit better for us for uh, aphids and pests and stuff like that. You don't have as much, but then you're battling down in mildew and other things. So it it changes up like the chemicals you use to protect the plants and everything else. You can still get the same results. Okay. But you have to know what you're fighting that year. Right. What's what's it going to bring? Uh, the rain season compared to a dry hot season. Right. Because that's like with wine. You know, I think with wine, like especially like West Coast California wines, like you know, this Cabernet was great because 2015 was dry. You know, and, and everybody's flocking for that 2015 Cabernet because it's $300 a bottle because the growing season was optimal. Okay, so then they they brew, you know, or they they make 2016 and it was a 
wetter, wetter, you know, wetter season. And it's not going to yield as much. And it's not going to have that same flavor profile that it had in 2015. Is that the same with hops? Or is it yeah, from your well, saying you're kind of... You get the same, kinda, but the thing that like changes things that we have to watch out for other places is... Um, so during a whatever season may be, hot, dry season, and I want to tick whatever bugs may be there. I can buy ladybugs. I buy them on Amazon and everything. Really? So I release You can buy anything on Amazon. I'm just, picturing, I'm just picturing an Amazon drone <laughs> just dropping ladybugs. Like, it's not even in a pa- like the package opens and they just all fall. Yeah, so you're doing that and you're having fun and they're crying, you know, and then I have a guy from um, Canada that stops by and says, hey, what are you doing? You know, you got ladybugs on here. Yeah, I ladybugs. I put those out. He's like, oh, well, did you know that when they eat all your, like, pests here, they're going to leave. Yeah. All right. And? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, and? I'm a novice. Like, and? I just, I read it. So they were. Well, if they get in the wineries, in the grapes, if you have X amount per ton, they, they throw the wine out. Really? So what we buy at our place might affect a winery that's not even like a mile away. And it's like, I was like, because you guys are pretty close enough to that Niagara wine region. Oh, too, yeah. So, so like, you have to watch out and like look and research like what you're going to affect somewhere else. So like I didn't buy enough, but I was like, if I would have bought like a ton, I could have ruined someone's crop right. and not even know. Sure. Yeah, but we keep the consistency of the hops pretty well the same, except by testing it you know, all the time. It's just how you attack it. What nutrients you need to put in the soil, what you need to do each each year as weather changes. Yeah, if it's raining, you're yeah, putting yeah, it in it all the time. Because yeah. it washes it right out. You're putting it in constantly. Okay. Constantly the nutrients, which is like more expensive. Sure. And that's I think the hardest part for us is we go to these breweries and we bring their hop we'll bring hops and we give breweries to understand. We give them all these pounds of hops for free. Because it's like driving a car, right? You're not gonna go drive a car and just buy it. Like yeah, you're, you're gonna want, you're, you're right. gonna want to yeah. test it, right? Yeah. So we give all these out, but they might not test it, or they get busy, or this or that. So they might. We've checked with all these brewers constantly. But that's the thing about us is we have a local storage place, so we pelletize our own hops. We do our own proprietary blends. A lot of the brewers will call us, "Hey, um, can you get 20 pounds of this or 20 pounds of that?" And we drop it off that day. Just give me a couple of days' notice. They can't get that anywhere. Else, you know, so they have, they have to worry about the storage or the cost, and we don't charge them until that day. You know, when we drop them off, and because we want to work with them too, right? They grow, we grow. It's a partnership. Sure. Rusty Nickel just made uh, they just came out with one last week or two weeks ago called Horns Up to support the basketball. Yeah. And that was a special proprietary blend of our hops that we do for certain breweries that um, we won't tell any like so they did trials of what they want and came up with certain percentages and we sell it to them and we won't sell it to any other brewery and that's theirs and it was really good but that's what we do too sure so but yeah they they really um we're gonna have to stop by there and not pick up a crawler that try it out it was really good i was surprised it was uh more uh, they wanted to do it for they went for like an everyone like instead of like you know some people drink if you're an IP, you drink just an IP. Like, uh, it's a little more uh, flowery. Okay. But decent. Where if it was like 90 out, I'd be in big trouble. Like, sure. I, my first sip of it, you know, and I'm dead honest and bring people out there. But, you know, like, and we're and we're about to hit that season right now too. So yeah. that's yeah, exciting yeah. that you start having beers coming out like that because we're just gonna be like, all right. Yeah. I, give me, I give me them. I'm just gonna sit, especially there, especially there with their back patio and stuff and everything yeah. that they've been doing over there. I mean, yeah, I said, that's a nice outside, place to go, kind of just like hang out. Outside, they brought it. They said, yeah, we can't come here. And I was like, why can't you come here? Well, we actually drove. We need a car because this is so good. We could just, like, we just drink one after another after another. It had that, that taste of, like, it was just so refreshing for the summer beer that it, it, it was crazy. I was drinking them. I was like, I got to stop. Like, yeah, we're, we're gravitating away from leather weather and going more towards. And, the, and that's the thing. I don't sessions. think a lot of the breweries even, like, some some do that do that where they yeah. understand it's the winter season and you need a different kind like, there's a different taste of summer to fall. We have four seasons, like, and I think more people should capitalize on that, and that's why we have the proprietary blends of like 
we give them test batches for free. And they tell us what they want, and we can work with them. And they put all the percentages together of all the hops, which will make it taste different and be different. And we can do that. Mm-hmm. And we're the only ones in probably New York that does that, besides one of their uh, Falconer's Flight that everyone has. But ours is totally different because it's whatever you want at that time of 10, 20, 30, 40, like whatever you get to 100%, we'll mill it, pelletize it, so it's always the same. And it's only that brewery. Sure. So a lot of breweries are like getting really excited about that, of having, trying to come up with their new special one. Because that's what I think now with the dynamic of the way the industry is in, in Western New York, you kind of have to, you know, everyone tries to work together, but you have to differentiate yourself from the product, you know, in each brewery. And how, at least what, have, what better way to differentiate right. yourself than to have your own special hop? Yeah, you, you can <laughs> you work know. with you guys, you can come to the hop farm and you can get your hands dirty and you can you know, combine and make whatever Frankenstein blend you want to make and it's unique to yours and then if you know what you're doing from a brewery standpoint and you can put out a product with that unique ingredient involved I mean it can explode yeah I know there's aspects like well yeah that was that was good what'd you what'd you put in it I really don't know right yeah. like right. I said I won't like yeah those are hops well which ones I don't know. Right, right, like, right. That's theirs. It yeah. tastes good though, doesn't it? Yeah. Want, you know, it's delicious. Go ask it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that brewer wanted to put the time and effort in of like tweaking it and making it this and that and their own. Like, that's theirs. They bought it. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Right. I'm willing to do it. Like, let's do another fun one with you. It's like, it's almost like we're the farms where we, I'm starting to work with a lot of farms, telling the brewers to work with their farms or whoever that they've ever bought local farms or hops from, saying, let's change some, I'm ripping some up, and I'll make these three, X, Y, Z. Make them grow ABC so we can all sell. And we can all like sell to breweries where I don't know if some breweries, you know, and it's hard. Like, all right, they compete against each other. Like, yeah, it's every Saturday. Everyone has a band. Well, maybe the brewers talk to people, and I know it's to make money and this and that, but they make a different event that, like, hey, this week we're going to have an event. Let's pack these. Yeah. These things, you send that, and I know it's all about business, but the next yeah. week you might get like a thousand people come there and you might sure. get this. And work together of not having, I mean, right now, I mean, tonight there might be 20 events. Yeah, I mean, but especially especially when you get to like a holiday weekend or something like yeah, that. Yeah, what are you going to go to, right? Going so on, you then know? you're going to get to like whatever band, but they're going to pay like a ton for that band. And the you're other gonna pay a get, get, you know. Yeah, and the, the lower ones that can't pay a ton for the one super popular band still pays a lot for banner and then and then that brewery suffers because maybe not enough pay for everything sure. they thought. And it's like but if people work together of just the same way of what we grow and the, the beers that they can make and we all work together. That's what then everyone makes out. So being greedy. Right. That's where you, like you said with the, it's the farms talking to the farms. Like, you know, you get a peach wheat. You know, you go to some local farm, you know, in Niagara County that's that has peaches. You're getting yep. local peaches grown from from this peach farm. You know, you're you make this sort of fruited sour where you're getting strawberries and blueberries from from this you know this patch. You know, it's like everybody's working together, everybody's supporting each other, everybody's making a product, and you know, at the end of the day, everybody's happy. And through social media and people, they can drive what the breweries do of supporting local, and supporting local breweries, right? Like. Yeah. You can do anything. I mean, if anyone says anything bad about something, you can shut something down, right? With social media or this yep. or that. Yeah. If people really supported and understood what we wanted to do, you could really make it grow. Yeah. And you can make it the right way. And I think people don't understand how much impact they really have. And that's what I want. And we wanted to do, like, you know, we don't want certain hot farmers to understand, like, you gotta, this is your price point. Give it to them. They support it. You support them, and you, you know, on social media for them, and then this and this, and it just grows. 
and it's not, you know, you always have the one person saying garbage about everything. There's always one. You're, you're, never, you're never, yeah, you're never going to appease everybody. Every bunch, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, but everyone really knows then, like, what their premise is. Like, like, okay, we're going to do this, and this is their objective, like, to make everyone grow. Thanks for uh, sitting down with us and talking and I don't know, having a few beers, man. This has been fun. Absolutely, different aspect of like a brewery yeah. aspect of like you know from there to a local like farmer that might depend on the brewery. So it's a different, totally different aspect. And we're definitely uh, we're definitely gonna try to come out and visit the farm just so we can uh, go oh, and see either, that. And you just... guys are either gonna start at the end or you're gonna harvest. Right <laughs> like, hey, I'll get, I'll get my I'll get my so on air, yeah. So on air, we either have we have you at the harvest season. Is that a promise? We have you at harvest season. We'll have to. Well, we'll hold on. We'll have to see. How about, we'll how, how, how about growing season? Because that's first. Let's get you guys I mean, off the initial. I mean, start. let's see. Let's see what the dates are. We'll, we'll, we'll oh, work we'll around it. But yeah. we have a date for sure. We're we'll flexing one day. We definitely, we definitely want to come out and uh, yeah. get, get our hands dirty a little bit. I think. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Anytime. So that means we'll count on you. Right. Hey, hey, we'll bring, we'll bring, uh, we'll bring some beers. We'll, we'll have some fun. Yeah. Bring a couple of <laughs> we'll bring the kids. Beer. You know, the kids can have an album. Oh, I bring our yeah. absolute. Yeah. Oh my God, talk about loving around the farm. <laughs> they think it's the best thing in the whole world. Kids think it's. They have no idea they're working. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the best. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Sure. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But yeah, so go and find Vertical Vines on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, be sure to go and find us on Facebook and Twitter at What the Hops, on Instagram at What the Hops Podcast. Uh, check out our WordPress at whatthehops.wordpress.com. And go check out the Hopped Up Network as well. And go and support some of our friends that also have some uh, wonderful beer-related podcasts. So, yeah, thanks again for sitting down with us. And as always, what pops.